Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. Phone lines, they are open. They might beep when they're open. We'll see. It's sort of a hit or miss here. We'll find out here in just a moment. Well, let's get uh, Sean in here because we made Sean wait all the way through the break. Sean, kick off hour number three, everybody. What's up? Oh, thanks. How you fellas doing today? Doing great. Yeah, good. Uh, I, I just wanted to say uh, enjoy your show a lot. I'm Thank you. I'm out in the afternoon in my vehicle. It's Thank a you. good show, very informative and fun to listen to. Uh, just a quick point. It's kind of petty on my part probably, but the previous caller, I believe, when you were talking about who might take over Kenny's job should 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 an opening arise, um, he said Denny Crum didn't have any co- head coaching experience. That's not true. That's awesome. He coached very successfully. He coached very successfully at a place called Pierce Junior College before right. going back to UCLA. So just needed to be pointed out. Yeah, I mean, he for sure. have head coaching experience. And, 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 and I hope it's not too petty to call in about. No, 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 no Shot. I, I actually, I, I'm glad you brought it up because I, I meant to mention that, that he, he was actually yeah. a head coach at Pierce uh, yeah. before so, he went back to Anyway. UCLA. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I'm 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 one of your old geezer listeners. I'm you know I'm an older guy, and I go back to the uh, West Central years, and and you know so I just just like you guys want to see our program get yeah, get right. back to where, where it once was. Sean, do you got so, you, you, guys you got somebody up? that you like? Uh, you know, I, I'm not as informed as you are. I, I will That's admit, okay. I, I don't I don't have a problem with a lot of the names I hear and read about. Like I, I'm, I like Nate Oates. Yeah. You know, plenty good enough. I, I'm not a, really against Musselman, uh, Chris Beard. That you know, fine with me. If you know, I, he might have a little baggage to him, but at this point, you know, what, what, what you know, you got to do something different. Um, I kind of like that Dusty May guy, and I'm not. I don't know how they're doing this year, but he sure looked good last year. Yeah. Uh, but I got a feeling that you know there could very well be a person that's kind of under the radar that yeah. that that would be a really good fit. I I, I just I refuse to believe that. There's nobody that could take this job and almost have an instant turnaround. Not saying they'd win it all the very first year, but to really get things buzzing again, like right off the bat, it's doable in this day and age. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, anyway, thanks Thank a lot, you. guys. Yeah, appreciate uh, yeah, We appreciate that. that. And trust me, that is not anywhere close to too petty to call in about. Right. There's almost nothing uh, that's too petty for us. <laughs> uh, we should get used to this also. Listen, everyone. Or pedantic, if you want to yeah, say that. Yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this time of year, everyone is aware the coaching carousel has begun. And I think it's actually kind of funny that it's already rumored now that Holtman might interview at DePaul. <laughs> so two places that have already opened before Louisville might interview one of them. Uh, I, and look, it, that makes some sense because it was rumored that Holtman was somebody that UK might have liked yeah. uh, if Cal were to have gone ahead and, and retired or, or tried the NBA again or something. Uh, when Dwayne Peavy was there, now he's at DePaul. There's a relationship there. Could see that. But Arizona just announced an extension for Tommy Lloyd uh, through 2028-29. There had been some talk of the fact that like that athletic department is underwater because the university is underwater. There's a massive malfeasance. Uh, and they, but somehow just plucked Missouri's athletic director away. Yeah. Uh, today and announced an extension for Tommy Lloyd, so you could probably forget him. Yeah, I honestly never even considered him not because he's not a phenomenal coach. I just right thought he probably we probably weren't going to get him out of Arizona. 
the Brian Dutcher is interesting that people like I I am and maybe I don't know enough about him personally, but interested as why he hasn't taken a bigger job. Because he was at Michigan with the Fab Five. Obviously, fellow yeah. followed Fisher to San Diego State when that happened, and yep. was a successor. But like I said, they were runner up a year ago in a crazy ass tournament we had. But and it's, it's not just that yeah. he's won the Mountain West like five times in seven years or something like that, right? Like something something crazy, and that's a really good league right now. I mean, how many bids are they going to get this year? More than the ACC? I'd bookmark that. It's true. Yeah. yeah no, I, I, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I yeah. yeah. Like it, it's uh. It's interesting, and you and you wonder about pulling guys from the West Coast in the modern game, but like obviously, I'm not sure it matters anymore. It doesn't, and we we've yeah, had success Florida. with that. We've had success in the past, right? We've had right Seattle, you know? been very very good to us. Yeah, well, so is so is L A. Yeah, <laughs> so does Danny. Sort of. <laughs> what was it not Jimmy from L A? I don't want to talk. Who? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. That's I'm not familiar. Do I need the dump on for that I'm not, name? <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. I wasn't sure if you were. Did you say Voldemort? That? Yes, that's right. Is that what you're, okay, Just checking. Mm-hmm. Basically the same checking. person. I was talking about Denny Crump. Me too. The person who I actually want to talk about. Okay. From the only one that we remember, really. The only person from LA ever, except for uh, Ellis Miles. There you go. We're on the same page right. now. Now, yeah. Don't ever say that name again. All right. Very quick, <laughs> we mentioned this like an hour ago. Rick Pitino melting down after the game. Yeah. Uh, and I would the reason I wanted to play this not so much to like get after him or anything, but I think the season's killing coaches everywhere. Yeah, with with the exception of UConn, everyone is just falling in a pothole somewhere. Is there a world where Rick Pitino walks away after one year? I don't know. There is a universe where he does that, but no, it's not this. No one. way. His yeah. ego is not going to love That's it. well. That's that's what I'm saying. Like. He, there's no possible way with his ego. Like you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, but maybe right. somewhere in the multiverse, <laughs> he walks away from. Said, Could you imagine the how the fan base would feel if Josh fired Kenny on April 1st and then said April Fools? <laughs> he said someone would burn down his house. <laughs> he would never do that. <laughs> would burn down the universe at <laughs> that point. Sam Matthews, police. It's all good. Nobody. Yes. These, this Nobody's. is all just. We got to give the Pat McAfee. Uh, yeah, right. A disclaimer. This is not. We don't advocate arson, nor would we <laughs> at ever. all. Not even metaphorically. This is a, not even on a day when an apartment complex caught fire. No kidding, oh, right? Uh, man, yeah, when I was, got here, so I dropped my kids off. Got awful, here, man. it smelled like a like a campfire. Yeah, and it was like from down. It was wild. Yeah, it was over in Phoenix Hill, one of those I mean, relatively new. Yeah, 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 and in Nulu. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine. Here's Patino melting down after they got beat by Seton Hall. We just don't move our feet on defense. Look, they, they shot 37 free throws. Throw out the stats. You see it every game, the amount of free throws they shoot and the amount of free throws we shoot. Look at what Naheem shot on the year. Look at what uh, Chris Ledlam shot on the year. I mean, you're a power forward. You play 29 minutes without a free throw. Uh, that means you're not offensive rebounding, not getting to the line. So it's, it's really the, all the toughness things of why we give up leads. We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling and really is not about losing because even in winning winning when we watch the film i see unathletic plays i i see people that don't handle the ball that's just interested in taking quick shots so it's been disappointing year if you had to do it over again would you have attacked your first offseason differently I had no choice we just could take who we could get who was available, we had no choice. Um, I don't think we were going to win the first year anyway because when you rush like that and you don't see the players and you just uh, – not not a whole lot we can do, but it's um, – I think I've enjoyed even, – even the Celtics when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. Look, I'm disappointed. I don't want to say the wrong things, but I'm really disappointed in my team. All right. Is there anything funnier funnier in that whole thing than after all of that? I don't want to say the wrong things. (laughs) That was a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say the wrong things. Well, good thing you said that. 
I hate these freaking guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. And that didn't even really get into like the specifics when he talked about the individuals. Oh, right. He goes through each individual <laughs> yeah. guy. The guy. This guy doesn't move laterally quick. <laughs> yeah, this, this guy's guy not move good laterally. laterally. This guy's weak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the straight, this guy's weak. But you know what? Maybe, I mean, maybe instead of the portal making Rick softer, he's actually like, I can just kill these guys and send them out of here. <laughs> I don't have to hold back for nothing. You can just get the hell out of here. <laughs> I can just bring somebody right on. It's like made him more Rick, not less. That's great. Now he can fire you. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I wanted to play that is, one, you really almost never uh, you never get a coach to just sort of go off like that. With all due respect. But, no offense, but no offense. you suck. These guys suck. The texture brings it up. Like, after saying all of that, what did he not say? Like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. What does he think is the wrong thing? He stopped midway after he said, we have basically crappy facilities. He's like, oh, we're fixing that. It's not St. John's fault. It's like, okay. That's the one thing you corrected. Just as the one who the stuff guys about to pay team. you. <laughs> all the stuff about my team that still stands. I stand by it. We're all trying to find the guy who did this. That's right. <laughs> I mean, That's my is. whole point. Is that you can't... Like, he says in the expanded remarks. Like, if you read the transcript. And Revise and extended remarks. There you go. Uh, he says, like, you know, we, we focused on the wrong things during recruiting. Focus too much on offense. I didn't think enough about defense. I'm like, man, this all sounds like things that you did. Like, and then he proceeds to criticize all the people he brought in. And it's like, dude, you can't criticize these kids for the shortcomings you knew they had because you couldn't figure out how to get them to play defense. Or if they're not athletic enough and you can't do anything to remedy that in the strength and conditioning department and they're just naturally not quick enough, that's on you because you brought them in and you saw all that tape. He turned over the entire roster. The same things that we could criticize Kenny for, and okay. we do. That's where I was. Are the go. things that he like that that he's basically doing the same thing in that diatribe, you know? And it's like Rick, I don't have a lot of sympathy for you, man. Like you, you took the job, you turned over the roster, you brought in these kids. Now you're mad that you brought in these kids. And it's like you know what, man? These you kids. need a little bit more ownership and a little bit more accountability, which is what we've been craving all year this year. I would love to see from Rick. And I know he likes to use the media, and he, he's usually savvy about that, but that's not what this sounded like. I mean, he's not telling these kids, you've got to hit the weights, you've got to do this and that. He's telling them they don't have the ability to do these things. There's a difference in the tone. Well, you know? Sometimes a couples fight, right? Yeah. And you're like, they don't fight like people who think they have to love each other when this fight is over. Yeah. And that's what that sounded like. I I no longer care about their feelings. Yeah, like they're all. As I don't far have to as maintain I'm, any of these relationships. I'm anymore. gonna pack these bags for them. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm entering them in the portal as we speak. Right, is what Rick Pitino is doing with with some of those comments. But I do think it is a fair point for you to bring up that that's the stuff we have been critical of Kenny for doing. Just sort of being like, I'm not the problem. Y'all's the problem. Like that's what it sounds like, doesn't it? Yeah, the whole like. I didn't have time to get my guys in the first year. I'm sympathetic to a degree, but also the portal's so vast. You have all the options there. And Rick was in college last year. Like, sure, Iona has different recruiting grounds than St. John's is, but he knew the high school talent, I'm assuming. He knew the guys in the portal. He could have got the roster better. It just, like you said, Dave, no sympathy for Rick, who's been doing this for hundreds of years at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Rick is literally 214 years old. Like Levitard always says, right? Yeah, yeah. Doing yeah. Centuries. 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 He coached with Naismith. <laughs> 81 90 That's uh, the number. basketball. If you would like uh, to get in here, 38-31-93-9 for the uh, UPS Jobs text line. Uh, you know, listening to that, I, I I had the same thought. I was like, man, that's some of the stuff we criticized Kenny for. But, you know, in, in one of those stand-up specials when, when uh, Chappelle's like, even if Michael Jackson did all that stuff. You know what I mean? And I kind of feel like, and you're like, eh. well, you're, you're yeah. the joke though, yeah, right? You're right? Like right, it's right. Michael Jack, like the, Rick Pitino does the exact same thing. I'm like, but it's Rick, but it's Rick Pitino. Right. Come on! But even with his like 40 years of of track record or of success, of years. or hundreds of years, I still like I don't accept a lack of accountability from a coach. You know what I mean? So if you 
even though there's a different lens you see him through because he has national championships, you know, and he's he's got Final Fours at three different schools, you still... I don't I still don't accept that from somebody at that point in the career, like washing your hands of basically of the kids you brought in. You know, it's like, dude, that's not how it works. If they don't work out, that's on you, man. It's your job to vet them and evaluate them, bring them in, make them a team, teach them how to play defense. And if you can't do that, that's on you. You either brought in the wrong kids or you failed them when they got here. It always comes back to you. Even if your name is Rick Pitino. And that's why you can't have a double standard. I will not have a double standard. Even with his track record of, of success. Just won't do it. Doesn't work that way. And some of the people that were kind of trying to explain it away today, it's like most people weren't. The vast majority of people are like, man, this is a bad look, period. Yeah, the, the more I think about this, the more I think that, that, that this is what's going on. That Rick's perspective is an amazing thing, right? Instead of thinking that I should be worried about what they'll do if I'm too hard on them in the portal, it's like, now I don't have to worry about this at all. <laughs> I don't have to think about your feelings at all. That's uh, just a, little, a month too early on saying this stuff. Like, it'd be funny if it was like This the is last, about when Kenny started doing it last year. I mean, that's, that's true. Like, imagine like, the last press conference I see for a coach. The coach is like, yes, yeah, so we have no more games left. I'm just going to unload everything. Oh, he's gonna, this point guard is terrible. <laughs> this shooting guard, he couldn't shoot at Whoever all. Whoever donated NIL for these guys, ripped. They they were ripped off. Yeah, it's like <laughs> ripped these. I, I will personally write you a check to refund your money right now. I was waiting for Rick to to talk about them coming from the wrong families with the wrong parents. At some point, that was the next step. Texture right? says, "I think it's okay to criticize the players to the extent because they are asking for money now, especially when you're closer to the end of the season." I'm not saying they're immune to criticism, sure. but the type of criticism he's throwing out there, man, was it was like, dude, you recruited them, yeah, you misevaluated them. Or you failed them when they got here. Like, at the end of the day, like, uh, Texter, I'm not saying that you can't criticize players. Right. I'm saying the nature of the criticism has to reflect the situation. In this situation, the vast majority of that failure falls on Rick Pitino's shoulder. Yeah, it's just, it. I just think it's funny. It's yeah. just funny. It is. I just think it's funny that <laughs> he's criticizing them. Mark, do you think it's funny? Categorically. Yeah. When he's the one that brought them in. That's what I'm saying. Of course. Like, he's saying, like, look. He's too slow. He can't stay in front of anybody. It's like, well, was that reflected on film last year, or did he get fat when he got there? Either way, it's your failure. <laughs> like, either he couldn't do it last year, or he could, and your strength and conditioning program's trash. Whatever. Whatever it is, however you slice it. At the end of the day, you have accountability for the guys you brought in. The, I think the big difference between the two situations here, and I, I know you agree with this already. I'm not yeah. informing you. Rick's roasting these guys because he's done everything he knows how to do. Sure. Like, th what's not happened is the same guys out there doing the same thing in every game with no repercussions whatsoever. Any, anybody that's, that's playing and behaving this way uh, is, has reached the place where he's blowing them up in public because he has exhausted everything he knows how to do, and now he's writing them off. Yep. Versus just rewarding all the bad behavior or ignoring all the bad behavior and telling... You know what he didn't say? They've got to fight. There were no calls for fighting. Even though he probably would like to fight them. And I, if I could give one granular piece of advice to whoever it is that coaches this team next year... A one-year moratorium on the word fight. <laughs> just let it rest. Just jubilee year for the word fight. Just let it sit. Come up with something else. So no, no word. Yes. No beast they boys got, on the loudspeakers at none. all this year. They got a battle, you know. <laughs> They're out there battling. Battle? We're good. That's fine. Just we're not fighting. James, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, it's funny because I, I don't listen to your show much. Not a Louisville fan. Not not into Rick Pitino, whatever. I, I'm an observer of basketball, okay? I caught this clip earlier today of Pitino, and it made me want to be a journalist or a media person like you guys. It was That's the most ridiculous stuff. It's some of the most ridiculous stuff I've ever heard. Uh, so why I say that? Because 
like you said, he flipped the entire roster. I think he's frustrated because he's looking at the Ade Wusu kid on Seton Hall, mm. who was mm. on St. John's year before. Uh, and then you got David Jones at Memphis. He's playing at an all-American level. And Posh Alexander is a very quick, good defensive guard. Mm. We know that. He, he got his guy, Danis Jenkins, in there from Iona. Okay, where's the defense guard? The point guard. So Rick went out and got Dingle. He got uh, the Ledlam kid from Harvard. Uh, and uh, Jenkins, those were the main three. They all start. They all come from mid-majors, two of them from Ivy League. What's he learning here? That's not Big East. <laughs> That's not the Big East. Yeah. And so, like you guys are saying, the reason it tripped me off, you know, it tripped my wires, because when I heard it, I'm already aware of all that. I, I didn't know he was the type to go low like that, frankly. I've had respect for his ability to coach basketball outside of the, all the other things that have gone on with him. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not even looking at that. As far as basketball, Rick Pitino, we know that. Yeah. It's like it's Rick, period. But when you hear when you hear him do that, he for me he loses a lot of credibility. Because like you guys were saying, he can't take ownership for the fact of what he did to, to construct this roster and he was staring in the face of a guy on the other team that I didn't watch the game, but I'm assuming the physicality of that kid, which I know he's a strong guard, probably is what frustrated him. So that that's my take on it. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you taking my call. Yeah, thank you, uh, James. Appreciate uh, you listening and uh, for giving us a call there uh, as well. I wonder if, in the grand scheme of things, just much like your grandparents when they reach a certain age, they really just don't care what you think about what they say. And and you learn as you get older, oh, they stop really caring about the long term. <laughs> and I wonder if what we're, we're not seeing Rick Pitino here kind of not care about the long term anymore. This is it. This is the end of his career, not this season, but you know he said this is, this is the tail end here, uh, and I can turn. I, I think Rick. I really do think, as we've talked about this, that he just thinks I don't really have to worry about this. I can just replace you. Yeah, you're probably right. And he did uh, mention in the again, the expanded remarks, uh, <laughs> it, the uh, the kids that left from St. John's in the portal, and he wished that he had. Had tried harder to retain them, uh, including Adewusu and uh, David Jones to uh, to Memphis, who, like the caller says, averaging like twenty two a game. Memphis is falling apart, by the they way. They are, yeah. Like they they looked like they were in a decent spot a month ago, a couple also, weeks ago. Also, Samuel Williamson still, still playing college basketball, yeah. And yeah. they beat Memphis the other day, right? It, by that, a million. Yeah, he was uh, he was on the TV yesterday when we were in here doing the post game, and we'll get to that game, I'm sure, pretty soon. Yeah, uh, I was looking at going. Samuel Williamson still in college. You can tell me Larry Brown still coach SMU, and I believe you. At this <laughs> I do not know who their current coach is. I forgot because it, 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 I saw him yesterday. Is this irrelevant? It's That's probably right. irrelevant. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, Posh Alexander, he's right. There's guys yeah. uh, succeeding other places across the country, and he probably would have been a lot better off with those three guys than, than, than some of the folks he got in the transfer portal. But at the end of the day, dude, you knew their shortcomings when you brought them in. And you failed to turn them into a, the team you needed. And where they fail the most, which is crazy, is on defense. They are, they are below par on defense. They've let every big lead they've had this year go and get away from them, including the other night against Seton Hall. Uh, it's not a typical Rick team. Let's I think we're close. When is the last time you saw a Rick team that had terrible defense? Not here, to my recollection. No, I mean there was a couple well, early that were that were good, not great uh, in his tenure. Yeah, they were good at some things, bad at some things. Yeah. yeah, but once he hit his stride, I mean we were in the top ten every single year in adjusted uh, defense. Kim Paul, every year. But it is worth pointing out here: he's got a team that doesn't defend like they usually do. Cal's got a team that doesn't defend like they usually do until they played Auburn, uh, and right until this <laughs> weekend, right? But like, so I mean, these things do happen. Yeah. Uh, this is either. Uh, him just sort of realizing I'm gonna th- every time I push this gas pedal nothing happens and I'm done with it or this is one last gasp uh, and Rick I will say this we know firsthand he does not give up on like he doesn't think they're they're out of it ever the 2012 seems like the ultimate kind of example of that maybe this is sort of the last motivational ploy here uh, I'm not going to uh, protect you now yeah. Interesting. 
We'll see, but he definitely this was this was a no holds barred presser for sure. From old Ricky P. Let's go ahead and take uh, a break here. We will come back one more segment. We'll leave the phones here and let you guys jump in here as well. We'll talk about uh, that uh, the nightmare that was the Virginia Tech team that couldn't miss. We'll talk about that on the other side here on the drive on I found the bill. Right back. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 of Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here. If you want to get in, you can. 8150-939-3831-939. Dave, uh, I know... Uh, there was a lot of juice. Uh, we talked about the fact that yeah. the uh, the Boston College game was probably like your classic trap game. No. Uh, and then Louisville came out, and it it's very weird because we've talked so much about on the men's side effort and all that. It's rare to see a a really bad defensive effort, but not feel like they were loafing. Uh, so, but I, I thought they they played hard, but not good on defense, and Virginia Tech wore them out. So they, they're having, at times this year, one of the issues with this this team, the women's team, is they don't fully embrace the, the pressure defense and the urgency to which you need to close out and you need to pressure the ball. And when they did that, when they 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 trapped and they and they had active hands and they were on it like they they created some turnovers yesterday and they got some points off said turnovers but man you can't be a half step slow against Georgia anymore she's one of the best guards in the country she's one of the better point guards i've ever seen in the ACC uh she's been a thorn in our side for years like people can talk about Liz Kitley and she's phenomenal i have a lot of respect for her game um but <laughs> Even with her being a two-time ACC Player of the Year, George Amor is the she's the one who who makes that team go. And uh, so happy when she graduates, gets out gets out of Blacksburg, gets Isn't, out of my life. There were so many times last night or afternoon where she had the ball, and I was like, she's going to jack a three, but they didn't make it, and she did it time and time again. But all she needs is is, is a six inches of air, and she'll shoot that three. But her great gift is is the way she runs that team. The way she, uh, she kind of, uh, you know, conducts her orchestra out there, man. Like she, she finds op- the open man. She knows where people are going to be. She tells them where they need to be. I mean, there's more times than I can count that happened in front of me, where, you know, Liz Kitley's doing something and George Amor is telling her where she needs to be. She's waving her off. She's putting. She's she's placing her, her pieces on the chessboard, you know. And she's phenomenal. Look, she had. Three charges, or I'm sorry, three travels that weren't called, but it had absolutely nothing to do with the with the result. The end result, they whooped our ass from the from the opening whistle, and it, it was 
it was tough, man, because it seemed like every time we missed an open look, and early on we missed some layups, and that's been an issue and plaguing us this year. Like they weren't all like open layups to the rim, but there were plenty of, of looks we need to hit. And and we had some open three pointers that we missed and we're a streaky three pointing shooter three point shooting team. All of our best three point shooters are streaky. They're not consistent. Uh we have we have women that can make that shot. Uh, Jada Curry was shooting over forty percent coming into the game. You know, uh Marissa Russell is is a very nice three point shooter. Sydney and Kiki are just streaky. When they get on it, they're pretty good. But overall like it's feels like every time we missed an open look it was such a massive missed opportunity because we knew Virginia Tech was going to go the other end and, and score they shot 65% from the field for the game they shot 43% from the three point line and for most of the game they were above 50% they missed a couple late that drew that drove them down but with a team like Virginia Tech they shoot the sixth most most or they they shoot the sixth most threes in the country and make the seventh most i mean they shoot over 35% and they and they shoot a ton of them um, I mean, Eck, King, Amor, like they all can shoot the three and they don't need a lot of room. But with Georgia Amor, like every time they we, we reverse the ball, every time she cut, she cut across court, like there was always somebody open. And they're going to shoot a better percentage than their average when they're open looks. And Liz Kitley, I mean, there's, there's, there's not a lot of good ways to defend her. I mean, we tried to front her early uh, and they were just dropping it over our – you know, over the defense and late, they tried to be a little more traditional and, and and she just would hit that step back jumper every time. Inside fifteen feet, she's almost automatic. So it, it was it was a tough night. But it's it's something that with the exception of the Notre Dame game and the Syracuse game at home over the last couple of weeks, it's just been notable how how uh how seldom we're kind of setting the tone in these games. Mm-hmm. I think we're good enough. I think we have the pieces. But we're not imposing our style of play on other people. We're 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 being dictated to, um, and it's it's been pretty frustrating to watch. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can point to. And I think that we have the talent and the ability. We have the size and the perimeter. Uh, we're not a huge team underneath, but very few teams are exactly. Olivia and Nyla are very active post defenders, and generally speaking, do very well in the post, even against bigger players. Liz Kitley's one of the best players in the country, you know, and that's they limited her on the offensive glass yesterday, but it's as much of a byproduct of the fact that they didn't miss very many shots. Yeah, so it's hard to even point to that stat. Um, I wish we would have been able to get out and run a little more. If you settle into a half court game with Virginia Tech, they're going to kill you. They're going to kill you. Yeah, that's what they want to do. They're good in half court de- defense, and they're really good at half court offense. We needed to speed the tempo of that game up some, and we didn't do it. Didn't, we didn't do it, and I don't. I'd love to to get some insight, and and I didn't want to to text anybody on the coaching staff yesterday on game day afterwards or anything like that. I'll bother Stephanie Norman after a win, maybe, but not after a loss. I, I'm curious to see uh, where Lily Love uh, uh, kind of fits in mm-hmm. right now because I thought early in the season she was one of the best at turning defense into offense, you know, and ha- and and kind of that chaos agent. And she's big, she's 6'1", and she's fast, and she's a really instinctual defensive player. And I feel like we could really use her right now, and, and she's not getting a lot of minutes. So I'd love some insight on that, and maybe maybe we can ask Jeff Walls about this this week too. Are you concerned just given you know some recent games, like the Virginia Tech game, the NC State game on the road a week before that, that like this is going to be a short March run for the cards because they just – whenever they get a team that's like kind of equal or maybe a little bit better – Outside, like the Notre Dame game, Notre at home, Dame, yeah. yeah, that's the exception to the rule. They kind of just kind of fall down flat when they play better teams. Yeah, we've had we've had a couple of opportunities this year that they've they've missed for sure. You know, uh, NC State and Virginia Tech, and UConn when they were at a, a little healthier, um, are the three best teams we've played this year. Outside of Notre Dame's the fourth, like those those are the four, uh, and three of those we we got out. Just really got outplayed uh, early, and it stayed that way. NC State, we couldn't overcome a 21-point deficit. Yesterday, once Virginia Tech pushed it out to a double-digit lead in the second quarter, uh, it didn't get inside 12 points for the rest of the game. It was or 10 pre- points. Pretty obvious uh, uh, after the game, Jeff. Very frustrated with their defense. But I think frustrated with their in- inability to make up for it also. You know, I think he's had other teams 
that have been successful in the past that maybe didn't love the defensive end, but they were grimy. Like they were grimy. They did. They loved rebounding and mixing it up with people. But what they've always had, almost every single year, is some really good three point shooting teams. And this this team is not a good three point shooting team. And it 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 seems like it's not coming. You yeah. know, like sometimes you'll see marginal improvements over the course of a season. If they had hit 15, 20% more of their threes on Sunday, it's a somewhat different game. Like they had a rough day shooting. And I think it's not just a matter of four like, for 16, I think. Yeah. It's, but it's, I don't even think it's like straight just the numbers as much as like the psychology of them just never going. Yeah. And in, in particular, they would string together some stops and not get anything out of them. And, you know, Virginia Tech is too good to have empty possessions with empty possessions. When you're getting your stops, it's hard enough to get them. I think psychologically they start piling up when you're missing shots. So the third quarter I felt like was really pivotal there where they had a couple of, of uh, sequences where they had two or three stops in a row and we missed every shot on the offensive end. And they were open looks. you know, And that leads to what I'm saying is they're very streaky. And, and that's what I mean by that. We have games where we go three of 15. Or four of sixteen, or two of eleven, you know. And then we have games where we go eight of fifteen, you know, ten of twenty-one. We don't normally shoot that many, but that's that's just the nature of this team. And and you have somebody like Jada Curry who just couldn't hit her open shots yesterday, and and not just her, but she's our best shooter. She's our best three-point shooter. In the past, we've had at least one on a team who's a really good spot-up shooter. A CC Carr last year. Uh, Kiana Smith before that, you know, we had several when she was on the roster. Um, this year I thought Jada and Marissa Russell would probably be the two best candidates. And I still think they're the two best pure shooters on the team. Uh, and Kiki's probably the best scorer overall. And she had a decent game yesterday, but it was just, we're missing a lot of open shots. And I know a lot of people want to go to the, we're not tall enough card. Man, I saw a thread. I saw a thread it's too on much. message like, board and it was like, how come we never have one? And I'm just like, man, this is like the the oldest of threads. Yeah. About how come we don't have an Elizabeth Kidley, uh, Elizabeth Kune, you know, all that. Like, man, come on. And guys, like, LSU won the title There's last like year. like five of them. Their tallest player is 6'3". Yeah. We had the best team in the country in 2019. Their, our best, our tallest player was Sam Fearing. She was 6'3". Who was awesome, by the way. Yeah. But Sam Fearing was 6'3". Maisha Hines-Allen was 6'2". Yeah. You know, that's... You don't have to have a six-six player in the middle. You don't have to have a Leah Boston to win a national title. Although it's nice, it's nice, but there are like six or seven of them. There really are. Like, there's a lot of tall, tall women, but there's a handful of them that are that impactful on the game. You know, and for years, half of them were at Stanford, <laughs> like in the country. But like right now, Camila Cardosa plays for South Carolina. She was a transfer from Syracuse. You all remember her from then. Like she's six eight, she's really really good. She's part of one of the reasons why they're they're undefeated. She's excellent. She stepped in right behind Aaliyah Boston. That's hard to compete with for sure. But you don't have to have that to win titles. Our biggest player when we beat uh, Baylor and Brittany Griner was six three. Yeah, you know, and it's not the exception. They're like we. There are national titleists over the last ten years. Like I said last year, LSU tallest. Tall starter, six three. You just like it, it. It's it's a matter of how you play and having a, a depth of talent and and being able to impose your style. And it's just that you don't always have to have those figures. Like right now, I think uh, Henny Van Shake is is six three, six four. Uh, she was a transfer this summer, and I think they were really excited about her. And she had a, a bone bruise for a long time, and and. Uh, didn't develop as a part of the the uh, rotation and Aleph stepped in and yeah. she she's taken her minutes really in, in this rotation but yesterday you could tell uh as as well as Aleph has played over the last couple of weeks she was too slow on Liz Kitley. I mean yeah. Liz Kitley had the ball up and in the in the yeah, basket and a, and before. A lot of people are. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not just her but as quick as Olivia and Nyla are Aleph just could, did not react in time to do anything about and it's hard even if you react in time she's still six six and probably get the ball in over you but um you could tell it was noticeable yesterday uh but again like the night and day of yesterday was more about 
Amor than it was about Kitley yeah. for me. You know, like she she's elite quickness. Yeah, they she's had twenty one the assists, guys. Yeah, well, that it, was as big of an issue as anything. They moved the ball phenomenally, and they hit the shots when it made their destination. We didn't move the ball as well, but the most success we had on offense yesterday was one on one. For better or for worse. And for me, it's for worse. I'd much rather see the ball, you know, crisply moving around the perimeter and getting getting good looks, feeding the post and kicking it back out and developing, a you know, space that way instead of just always having to beat your man one-on-one. That was the best offense we had yesterday. It didn't speak very well to team offense. You know, there was just, we struggled. We struggled. Jeff's 100 or 329 and 29 when they score 70 points. During his tenure. Yeah. We scored 70 yesterday and lost. I mean, that's... In 17 years, that's only happened 29 times. It's never fun uh, for a loss to really be at least as much, if not more, about the other team. There's a there's a helplessness to, and a, a powerlessness in feeling that. But it, it did feel like this might have been one of those games. Like, Virginia Tech can do, they can do this. And if Louisville doesn't do something sort of superhuman... This is how it goes. Yeah. All right. Let's Texas get- says George Amor is five six and control the game. Maybe we were too tall. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. We got to be just right. <laughs> Mike, welcome into Drive, buddy. What's up? Hey guys, I I love watching women's basketball, but the player that disappointed me the most was Olivia. She was non-existent and didn't score until like four minutes left in the third quarter. I mean, she takes time off and doesn't seem to be engaged at times. What do you think, Dave? Do you think uh, what do you think about the way? Olivia, thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Uh, look, I think it was a highlighted matchup. I think there was a lot of eyeballs on her because of the matchup there, uh, and and I think she does have a little uh, of Lamar Jackson in her. These big games, she runs hot. Right? I, I agree with that. And I, I think this was one of those. And I think for her, it's a little bit like when we used to, I mean, I know everyone makes the Montrezl Harrell comparisons anyway, but he was like that too. Kind of a the Kool-Aid man at times in these matchups like this. And I think she was bull in a china shoppy when they, sometimes I think what they need her to do is really harness that and play technically. And instead, I think these big moments and the, the adrenaline and the energy and the crowd and all that just makes her frantic yeah she's she's an extremely intense player and generally speaking um it doesn't hurt her on the defensive end uh usually she's very engaged on the defensive end regardless she's run hot on the offensive end a lot lately like she struggled for the last couple of weeks um she didn't score till the third quarter yesterday i think she ended with seven points uh 7.6 rebounds two assists two steals uh only one turnover you know not like a terrible stat line but I mean, we we, had, we played horrible team defense. It's hard to say anybody played well in the defensive end, especially when Kitley put up, uh, you know, a thousand points and a thousand rebounds. But um, generally speaking, she's one of the better post defenders in the country. Uh, but it wasn't a great game for anybody yesterday. And on the offensive end, she she has struggled a lot lately. Um, I thought against Notre Dame, she it was one of those games where her head was four steps ahead of her body, you know, and and. Every time she caught the ball, she was already she she was fumbling it because she was already two steps ahead and thinking about what she wanted to do. Uh, and when she harnesses her intensity, she's she's such a good player overall. Uh, and she did that around this time last year. She hit her stride uh, in March and started playing really efficient basketball on the offensive end. And I'm hoping that happens again uh, because we need her. I mean, her and Nyla together are a really good one-two punch down there. They work well together. But she's been off offensively, and yesterday she wasn't particularly good defensively. Well, and like, even I, when she's not putting up the numbers, she normally does a good job of keeping the bodies off the off the boards, you know, and, and keeping them away from the rim. But it's 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 a it's a team effort when you're defending somebody like Kitley. I also think she suffers from their inability to shoot threes. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. She that it gets yep. compacted in there, it gets crowded in there, and that just adds to. She's not a finesse player. You don't want her dribbling a lot. I don't know, man. You see that and one highlight from this year and stuff. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> she would, if they were a, if they shot threes eight percent better, she'd have half less, half fewer defenders around her all the time. Yeah, I mean, look, it's 
if we're gonna if we're gonna make a run, which look, until we don't, this is I assume we will. But at this point, make a run, yeah, I think I, that's you a know perfectly what I mean. Reasonable, <laughs> yes, I agree. Five straight elite eights. Until we don't, I'm assume we do. But we're making it harder on ourselves right now. If we had gotten that, obviously Syracuse was kind of stolen from us. But why would we put in that position? You know, we put ourselves in that position by by being on the wrong end of a thirteen to three run over a three and a half minute stretch. You take the ball away from the referee's hands. It's frustrating that they took the game from us, but you can't, you take it out of the the whistles out of their mouths, you know, and 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 take care of business yourselves. You don't have to worry about that call. Um, Virginia Tech, if we won that game, if we win that Syracuse game, we're in position to host top four seed, and we're tr- we're we're comfortably there. Right now, we've got a we've got a win out, you know, including beating Notre Dame and South Bend. And then make a run, really, in the ACC tournament and, and get at least one more big win, whether it be NC State or Virginia Tech or, or Notre Dame in the tournament, to put ourselves in position to, to host right now. We're, we're behind the eight ball a little bit on that. Uh, and that makes everything exponentially easier. That Virginia Tech loss yesterday was the first loss of the season at home for us. And it's the first time that Kenny Brooks has beaten us in the Yum Center, uh, we hadn't lost to Virginia Tech at home in any uh, form or fashion since 95. This was the only building that Kenny Brooks didn't have a win in um, as the head coach of Virginia Tech. And I have to tell you, I really like Kenny Brooks a yeah. lot. <laughs> like I, I, I think he's a phenomenal coach, uh, and I respect how he does things at Virginia Tech. Uh, I flip and hate losing to him, and I can't wait for, for Kitley and Amor to graduate, but... Uh, but we straight got our ass whooped yesterday, and hopefully, at some point, this has got to be a wake up call. You know, like ladies, we're we're running out of time, we're running out of runway for us to really figure this be what out. You're be. And the potential's there. We saw it against Notre Dame, but we should have been up by twenty five at halftime. Right. Notre Dame, the way we were playing. And the Breckerville last Thursday, we're in South Carolina's region right now, which <laughs> I don't want to play them in the Sweet Sixteen or at all. I don't play them. Period. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, but the championship runs through South Carolina. Yeah, and Don Staley till it doesn't. And they've been unreal this year in a year that was supposed to be a halfway rebuilding year, as close to a rebuilding year as she gets. They were preseason number six. Let's get uh, Karen in here. Karen, thanks for giving us a call here on The Drive on 93 on the Ville. What's up? Yeah, I wanted to ask, uh, Dave, what you thought about, you know, Sam Purcell leaving, if you think that's had a dynamic on the, you know, the whole coaching squad, and maybe that's why we're kind of seeing this, I don't know, uneven play, and I'll, uh, I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, look, I love Sam Purcell. I'm a massive Sam Purcell fan and think that, you know, the day that Jeff decides to step away, that he's probably the first phone call and uh, yeah, and, and hopefully so hopefully he wants to come back. And hopefully that's not for, for years because I want Jeff to be here for a long time. Uh, I think it, it probably affected the coach staff some, but like, look, Stephanie Norman's a phenomenal, phenomenal assistant. And Coach Jay uh, uh, is phenomenal too, uh, Coach Pineda. Um they have a really good core and a lot of people that have been there for a long time still. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too worried about that aspect of it. I think it's it's just an adjustment year to year, uh, more than anything because of roster turnover and stuff yeah. like that. And one of the talking points I wanted to get to with this was, like Virginia Tech is extremely fortunate, but also I mean there's it speaks to to I'm sure the the. Brooks that he was able to keep that group together, but Amor and and, and Kitley and King like they played play together for four years, right? Which you get in the women's game, and and we've had some here plenty in the last couple of years, but we were in a unique spot that that we had to turn over a lot of players from last year's team, and and I think that's the nature of this as much as anything. Some years the the um, the groups can take a little longer to gel, and you don't necessarily know. What you're getting with that, I think the chemistry's been good with this team. It's just been a matter of them trying to find their place uh, and fully embrace that that defense. And sometimes you see it, and it looks amazing, uh, and sometimes you don't, and it looks terrible. Um, and, and look, Virginia Tech, I think it's, it's, it's going to be less rare than in the men's game, but when you get a group of really good players and keep them together, mm-hmm. now it's going to be even more valuable. It's going to make you even more dangerous when you get some elite players and keep them together over multiple years. Uh, it's harder to do. It's going to happen far less often. But when it does, I think you're going to stick out even more, and I think they're an example of that. Sure. 
And we have opportunities like, look, Olivia might come back for a fifth year. We're hoping for it. Nyla is going to be a junior next year. Hopefully we can hold on to her with both hands. <laughs> I don't let her go anywhere because she yeah. is a blossoming superstar. Um, there's a couple. Look, I, I Jade is only a sophomore. Or I'm sorry, a junior. Yeah. Um, so she's got another year at Louisville, and she'll have a chance to kind of uh, – the second year in the, in the system is going to be better than the first, and she's got a ton of potential as a player. Um I think Kenny Van Shake has has time left. Hopefully, she can develop and and become a part of the ro- rotation again. Aleph's a freshman, you know, and she's a very talented woman who's spent her her youth in international basketball. You know, she's from Turkey, um, and hoping a whole off season uh, with Louisville after a season of playing you know major college basketball will do wonders for her because she has a great skill set. Um, and she's just getting used to this game, you know, in, in the American game. So I, we're in on some recruits. I'm hoping that that we that we hit on a few of them. Um, I mean, we've got. I mean, Sosa's the project. Asiosa Amafadon. She's the uh, the woman you see on the bench who's six six and six right. nine with her hair. Uh, <laughs> everyone always asks, like, "Who's that?" And I said, "That's Asiosa. Uh, she's a red shirt, and I'm hoping to hell that she can contribute next year because." Like we said, if you can find a six six or six seven player that can can really play, that that's a that's a boon, and it's rare. I'm and I'm sure hoping Jeff's she might be that for us. That. Yeah, I mean, it was night and day. Look, when we had Kylie Shook, yeah, you know, and she she really blossomed during her time here. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why Alyssa Cunane didn't give us issues. Yes, until after Kylie Shook graduated. That's right. Then all of a sudden we couldn't do anything with her. Yeah. You know, Kylie neutralized her. Yep. When she was here, and blocked and her shot one time, so well, so good she fell down. She fell down. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Westmore didn't beat us back then, right? You know, and and now we have a hard time beating him. The the, the shoes on the other foot. So it, it's, you know, it's it's a struggle every year to to turn that roster over. Jeff's not gonna he's not gonna struggle for getting really good players. Yeah, it's just a matter of 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 uh, of how those rosters are gonna fit together every year. I got faith in him, man. There's no reason not to at this point. It's just, man, yesterday was a wake-up call. If, your ass if you you got a, a wish list of one thing, what's like one element of this team that you would change that you feel like would make the biggest impact? I feel like if they were, if they just hit more threes, it would change everything. I agree. The three-point shooting, uh, turnovers weren't a problem yesterday, but they've been a they've been a real issue this year. Uh, if they could limit turnovers and uh, shoot, just make two or three more threes a game i think it would change yeah, this team three more threes a game i think it changes the team especially in some of these games against the better uh the top level competition in the acc and elsewhere all right that is going to do it for us you guys have been listening to the drive on 93 the Bill. see you